You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. The Bible is the most read book ever, but for many, it is merely fiction. Join our conversations as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To learn more about the show or to contact us directly, visit us online at betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. Welcome back, listener, to season four of the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast, more specifically, the second episode of season four and episode 102. I'm going to have to, um, I just realized I'm going to have to like rethink how I do the thumbnails for each episode because it's like they were designed around single digit episode numbers. Oh, goodness. And then I, ha- I had to kind of readjust them when I went to double digits. And it's like, okay, it still works. And now, when I made epi- the episode 100 uh, thumbnail, I realized, uh-oh, this it actually doesn't really work anymore. It's kind of squished in there. I would love to offer some assistance, but as you frequently remind me, there are three contributors, but only one producer. That's yes, right. There indeed. can be only one. So this sounds above my pay grade. <laughs> can I Can I tell you something exciting that did happen, though? Tell me. And it's tremendously pertinent to today's episode because uh, today we're talking about God uh, fulfilling His promise when you know when you'd have been tempted to death that it would ever happen. Um, my wife actually started episode one. Uh, wow, big. So, I mean, she listened to episode one. <laughs> so, like, she's—I think Haley is quasi-committed to listening through the show now. And like, she uh, was really proud of it because she actually even texted me and my wife to let us know that she had done so the the the, 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 yeah so here's like here's how it played in real time uh and this is you know when this is recorded versus when it's published um this we're recording this the week before thanksgiving and so Haley listened and she just kept laughing every time gandalf referred to me as a scholar like i would get like text in real uh, in real time from Haley, like gandalf just called you a scholar ha 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 emojis Gandalf just called you a scholar again. Ha 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 emojis. And then Matt wrote this thing about Thanksgiving. Uh, and I shared it with her before he, you know, posted it to Facebook because we proofread for each other. Uh, peek behind the curtain. Um, yep. But I shared it with her and she said, oh, my gosh, this is such an, a beautiful and insightful thing. And then she put Matt should be the scholar. <laughs> Dang. It was it was That's a cold. Messed up. It was a cold game, brother. It no, was man, uh, I'm, I'm content being the pastor. Uh, and you're a pastor too, bro. Hey, uh, I will say this, uh, Haley, thank you for the encouragement though. That makes me feel good. So when you listen to this in 2028, just know, <laughs> just know that my heart was greatly moved in 2022. Uh, S- send us a text message and tell us how Avatar 5 was. <laughs> oh, don't, don't oh, we're not going there. <laughs> well, hey, before we get to the content of this episode, one of the things that we're very appreciative of is that people not only have starred and left reviews on our podcast and have left written reviews on apple those always go a long way we even uh, got a uh we even got a gift basket from a super fan oh, Je- yeah jenny. please share about that first jenny thank you so much uh jenny gave us a, a basket to commemorate episode 100 and here's the funny thing if you know for people who've been listening gandalf made mugs early in season two but i did not get my mug till episode 89 so Jenny, 
Uh, true to my word, I will absolutely give Matt and Gandalf their portions of the gift basket, but that's going to happen somewhere around episode 150 to 175. <laughs> did, did you hear uh, <laughs> how he knows the exact episode where he got his mug? Yes. Like, do you, I want to point that out. Like he and knows. I, and I, I do said, want to point did out. I say that it was 89? Jenny, because yeah. we know you're listening, he did call and describe everything in the basket and then told us it'd be a while until we saw it. So I just want you to know that that's what he's done to us. But those, we're very those Albanese gummy bears that, have a limited lifespan. That's right. Well, I know I said so I would give you the gift cards, you. but I, I did not guarantee you would get any gummy bears. <laughs> and and well, this, a, this afternoon suggests that you won't get any gummy bears. <laughs> so one more thing that I want to do, and thank you, Jenny. That's so very kind. So very kind. So one of the kind, things thank that you. we so appreciate is we get uh, regular feedback from people. Uh, Jenny is one of them, and it's all, always helpful. And then uh, also we get feedback from new folks and stuff like that. And uh, you have an option of whether or not you want your uh, feedback to be shared on the episode. And uh, I just wanted to read one that was really encouraging to us from a new listener named Marshall. We're not exactly sure where Marshall is from, but this comes from Marshall. Uh, he writes, and this is from a couple of weeks ago, about three months ago, I found myself in Exodus episode 282, if I recall, of the Naked Bible podcast. Ah, Michael Heiser. We love Michael Heiser. Uh, it was becoming apparent to me that Mike was talking or taking a deeper dive in my mind than I could grasp, given that I generally do my listening while doing chores around the house. Multitasking was not an option. Having listened to almost all of the other episodes from Mike within the last six months, I decided that it was time for a change. I wasn't leaving Mike forever, and I have kept up with his latest episodes releases but I just couldn't do Exodus at that time. Too much mana. Ah, well played, sir. Um, and uh, I love that you're, I love that you're interacting with this. <laughs> that, that's, that's right. Uh, and I, I also, I'm a Michael Heiser fan. Uh, I like the Naked Bible podcast. I found a website that listed similar podcasts. I can't remember it. Sorry, Gandalf is what he says and explored them. I admit at first, I made quick work of Exploring My Strange Bible with our boy, Tim. I'm, uh, that's Tim Mackey. Uh, certainly love him. Uh, but can't get into the Bible Project podcast. There's something about the other host that distracts from what I like about Tim. Sorry, Tim, though I do love the videos. Anyway, this one was on the list. So here we are. And what sticks out to me is that Gandalf did a poor job of not embracing the already but not yet mentality, scolding me for not subscribing to the podcast on so many episodes when I had clearly already subscribed in the future. Oh, that's so funny in light of our pre-episode conversation. <laughs> I, was right. thinking, and, I was thinking this. <laughs> do not say it. Do not say it on air. We're recording. You, can, you can't say it. That's right. so funny. <laughs> so right. enough, funny. Enough joking. You guys are awesome and a welcome joy to my ears once or twice a day. It's a little sad that I caught up, but it's a big deal that y'all are episode 110 points from whose line is it anyway uh, to each of you. And uh, one more to Nathan for broadcasting his last name. <laughs> Your ministry is doing great things. The more and more I find uh, my friends reaching out into this brave new world that I call contextual Christianity and studying the Bible, not to reinforce their system, but to reinforce the relationship with Jesus as God. Keep up the good work. God bless. Marshall, I want you to know that when we read this, it encouraged all three of us. And thank you so much. And of course, we love the Bible podcast and the Naked Bible podcast from those uh, other podcasts you listed that are a blessing to us as well. But it means a lot that you take time 
to listen to us. Thank so, you, sir. So two things real quick. Number one, thank you for slumming it with us yeah, that's, uh, while, that's right. while on break from Michael Heiser. And number two, not that I'm keeping score, but it sure did sound like I'm winning by a point. It sure <laughs> did, didn't it? It sure did. And Jenny sent you the basket. All right. So that sounds like two points. Well, I live in the same zip code. That's uh, true. Yeah, that's true. But so, um, but but uh, if you if listener you would like to send us a message, it doesn't have to be or a gift basket. Yeah, if you want to do that too, <laughs> you do not have to do. Kidding, that. kidding, one hundred percent kidding. But you can leave, leave us messages, whether they're stories about your experience listening, or compliments, or even if it's criticism or some advice or things you'd like to see changed. We accept all of that at our website, betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. And if you're worried about us outing you on the show, you do get to check a little a little box that says whether or not you want your your yes. message read aloud. And and, and Marshall gave us the thumbs up on that. So yes. that's why we read it. So yeah. but um anyway. And with that, we really need to transition to the text. Well, so <laughs> we're only a third of the way and, into the episode. And see, so it is. So it is with the life of Abraham that what happens today seemed like it never was going to happen. And yeah. it eventually the event came around and God fulfills his promise. We're going to be in Genesis 21 today. Uh, we're going to be in verses one through seven. And uh, since I just did a lot of reading, Gandalf, why don't you read verses one through seven for us? And then Nathan, why don't you uh, walk us through the text as we talk about this long awaited, one of the longest drum rolls we've experienced so far in the Bible uh, of waiting for this promise, um, this long awaited promise. I'm just glad that we actually got to 21 instead of camping out in, in 20 for six episodes like like we do most of the time. That was for you, buddy. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. This is Genesis 21 verses 1 through 7, as always, from the ESV. Hmm. The Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, at the time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh over me. And she said, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. Yahtzee. Yeah. So Nathan, walk us through this. Uh, there are several things that we need to talk about here. Um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of in a where to begin thing. Um, number one, um, let's let's talk about, and we will come back to this. We're not really gonna unpack it much today, the significance of Isaac. Uh, uh, not, not as the person, but the significance of the name. Um, again, when God told Abraham, Hey, I'm going to make good on my promise. There was laughter, right? When, mm -hmm. when God told Sarah that she would be with child, there was laughter. We saw laughter again, though, in a different form. Uh, when we looked at Sodom and Gomorrah, right? When Lot was right. trying to convince people to leave the city, they thought that he was trying to cause them to Yitzkak laugh. They thought he was joking. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a very different type of laughter. Well, right on the other side of that, here is God making good on the long-awaited promise. It, it, much like my wife listening to the Better Than Fiction 
Bible podcast, some doubted whether or not it was ever going to come to pass. Uh, not Abraham, uh, but some. Uh, but God makes good on his promise. And I love the, the twofold iteration there. As he had said, as he had promised. Uh, I think that's significant for what Paul does in the New Testament. Um, but uh, when, when they have this baby, they name him, of all things. Laughter. Laughter. Uh, and, and they, they, you know, she doubles down on that. Sarah does, uh, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears of this will laugh over me. And as we go through this chapter, spoiler alert, laughter's not done being significant in this story. So pay attention to that. Um, the bigger thing that we want to talk about today is the beginning of this chapter, uh, verse, uh, verse one, the Lord visited Sarah, as he had said. Uh, this is the Hebrew word pakath, uh, and it's used in some pretty significant parts of the story. So it is used in another, at least one other instance, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 2. Much like Sarah, you have a woman, Hannah, um, who is barren and cannot have kids. Uh, Hannah is one of the wives of Elkanah. His other wife's name is Penina. Uh, Penina has plenty of kids. Hannah can't have them. She calls out to the Lord. The Lord tends to her prayer. He hears her. He visits her. And she ends up giving birth to Samuel, which just means God heard me. Hey, this um, this kind of like bears some resemblance. Uh, we've talked about this in the early days of the podcast about how certain stories sounded like other, other religions, other mythologies. But this is kind of like um, Greek and Roman mythology where they're, with their whole a god visits a mortal and then a child comes forth but um pay no attention to that man behind the curtain yeah um mm -hmm. uh okay that sounds like something for scandalous topics guy what you got matt <laughs> well uh so one of the things uh that we looked at before in the use of this word is that even though it does refer to god visiting sarah and god visiting hannah this also occurs in, in Genesis and is referenced in Exodus, where Joseph talks about God visiting the people of Israel to deliver them out of slavery. So this word does not have to mean like, hey, this was some kind of copulation between a divine being and, you know, a, a human woman that you would see in the mythologies. And I, for for the record, I did I I wasn't trying to insinuate that right. Either, I, I, I know that I know that, but I just there are people who would try to say, hey, well, look, the Bible's no different than the other mythologies. As we talked about, Nathan, I think we talked about it when Eve gave birth to Cain. I've brought forth a child by uh, the Lord's help. Yeah, that some take that to mean that hey, that. There are actually some that argue that the child was the the son of the Satan figure, the serpent figure, or the the son of God himself. Like it, it doesn't really fit because Cain doesn't really work out as being one of the, you know, sons of God, so to speak. But anyway, the word here does not have to mean that. It just means God is sovereignly intervening. So when we read in Genesis twenty one that God visited Sarah, it does it does not mean that God is the father. It well, means yeah. that God is fulfilling his promise. Yeah. Or, and, 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 you know, more generally, so, you know, you do have it it's, and it's not always used very importantly. It's not always used in child producing passages. Like it's not, it, you don't see it in Genesis four, but Kath mm -hmm. is not used there. 
Um, right. I, the, the only other child passage that comes to mind immediately is First Samuel chapter two, and I do think it's interesting that in both instances, it's not just about a child coming out uh, about; it's a child coming about to a barren woman. Uh, mm-hmm. Like if if we had if we had to punt way forward uh, to Jesus, it is interesting that before Jesus is born, you have an announcement before it happens. Right. Uh, much much in the same way that Isaac is announced uh, long, you know, before it actually happens. Um, some of the other places where you see Pakath, I, I think, are illuminating. One thing that we've talked about so so much, and and, and it's just it's become such a big dynamic for me in reading Genesis on my own, uh, even more so since we started the podcast, is the dynamic of reading Genesis while you're living the Exodus, mm-hmm. um, and. Surprise, surprise, toward the beginning of Exodus, uh, when Moses uh, has this encounter with God uh, at Sinai, you know, the whole remove your sandals for the place you're standing uh, is holy ground. Moses gets this instruction, go and assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, the Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has appeared to me and said, I have paid close at oh I'm reading from the CSB. Well y'all forgive me. I have paid close atten- I have paid close attention to you. Paid close attention to you is Pakath. I have tended to you. I have visited you and I have seen what has been done to you in Egypt. This so there's not a child being produced there, but it's God being present with his people in a way that will move them toward his promises. Uh, mm-hmm. Pakath is God being present in a way that moves his people toward the promises. You, it, it comes up again um, in uh, uh, Exodus uh, 13. Uh, that's another big one uh, where Moses uh, takes the bones of Joseph uh, when they're leaving Egypt. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Moses took the bones of Joseph with him because Joseph had made the Israelites swear a solemn oath saying, God will eternally come to your aid. Mm. Uh, God will eternally visit you. Pakath. Right. Um, oh, and once again, that was from the CSB. Y'all don't write me off, faithful ESV readers and listeners. <laughs> um, CSB is a the, great translation. I, I preach from the CSB on Sunday, so it's my default translation when I'm navigating mm. uh, language software. Um, but, uh, but I mean, you see what I'm saying? It's God being present with his people in a way that moves them toward the fulfillment of his promises. Um, does that make sense of that a little bit? Yeah, yeah I definitely think. And, and obviously, if you're growing up in Christian or Jewish circles, you don't think that this was God having a child through Sarah. But when you line it up to Gandalf's point with other mythologies and stuff like that, you might think, wait, wait a second, there, is there something else going on here? Um, but it's just God sovereignly intervening. Uh, and no, and the the uh, the irony is, you know, rewind, go back to the take on uh, the Nephilim, uh, go back to the sons right. and God, daughters of men mm. thing. If anything, God's way of act, uh, the whole seed thing that we discussed, God's way of acting is the divine remedy and rescue plan for what other heavenly beings potentially did. Uh, so, and I th- think th- this ain't that. Yeah, this ain't that. And and this is another thing here that this was God's plan all along, like the whole Hagar and Ishmael thing. Like Isaac was his plan. I'm not saying that God did not know about uh, Hagar and Ishmael because we know God knows everything. But it's clear 
because God made it clear to Abraham that this is his plan, that it was going to be, it was going to be Isaac. And there is no look-see take here. This is God being the agent that causes this to happen. There is no, um, for, for instance, this is the whole two trees thing again, that you have one tree uh, that you can take from. We talked about it. Uh, I, wait, before I explain this, let me remind us what I mean. Uh, when in the book of Proverbs, where it relates to the way of wisdom and the way of folly, that you can take for yourself and exercise your own wisdom uh, and play the part of the fool, or you can receive wisdom from God and despite what looks good in your eyes, trust his promises and his word and be dependent upon him to fulfill what he's spoken. So this is 21. This is through the fear of God, through waiting on God and his promises, God is delivering and it's showing us that it really does happen. And the beautiful thing is, is that Abraham and Sarah didn't wait for the delivery of the promise and God still delivered the promise. Mm. God is so gracious. Big. Yeah. And we'll, we'll actually, we'll come back to revisiting that. So let me ask a question. We're talking about the relationship of like the way God is helping or intervening in this promise, as opposed to something like Greek or Roman mythology, where it's, it's a more of a look-see take kind of, kind of deal. Would they have read this as being a polemic to, Ooh, that's um, a good question. I, I don't, I don't know exactly. Cause we've, we haven't talked about this for a while. And if uh listener, if you're an OG and you've been, you were listening to the, the <laughs> early Genesis chapters, we talked about the idea of the accounts of creation being as like st- standing as like a retort to other creation myths. Yeah. So it, that's not, uh, that's not implausible to me at all. Like, uh, and, and the reason I say that is everything that we have seen keeps rerouting us back in Genesis 11 with Babel and Genesis six with the flood and the aftermath of the flood. Again, just a few episodes ago, Genesis 19, uh, we're talking about the whole significance of what happened with Lot and his daughters in light of what happened with Noah and his sons, right? Mm, uh, right. And, 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 and we're not done with those images, you know, Moab, Ammon, we're not done with those images in the Old Testament. Um, so it is, it is not at all implausible that this is, this is addressing some of that same uh, space. Um, yeah, so it's just amazing to me, and Nathan, you've touched on this in previous episodes, talking about the deadness of Sarah's womb. Yeah. This, and this is God putting life where there is no life. And this, and this will become hugely significant one chapter from now. But I do want to say this, you know, Matt uh, preached for me uh, several weeks ago and Matt uh, was preaching about righteousness. And, and, you know, Matt said, you know, and we live in Mississippi and we have our own definition of righteousness. And he said, but whatever your definition of righteousness is, you better be able to square it with Abraham because God's pretty sure Abraham is righteous. And uh, one thing that I reflected on a lot in seminary is what what is it about Abraham's faith that gets the righteous verdict? And why does Paul use Abraham's faith to draw a straight line to the gospel of Jesus Christ? Mm. In other words, on, on a surface level glance, 
God's promise to Abraham and faith in Jesus don't seem like one and the same. Is that fair? Yeah. Like Abraham 2000 years ago, you know, I mean Abraham 2100 2000 BC. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. How is the salvation? That's it. That's exactly it. How does leave your country, your kinfolk, your father's house house uh square with the resurrection of Jesus? And as I reflected on this and and I think you see it in Romans 4. In fact, we can go to Romans 4. And I'll even use the ESV. Um, But in Romans 4, listen to the language. And it's the language that's reiterated in Genesis 21 about what God said, what God promised. Um, This is why I'll start at Romans 4.16. This is why it depends on faith in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only uh, to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. In hope, he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations. So as he had been told, there's the told part, you've already heard the promise part, so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, literally in the Greek, already having been put to death in the Necromenos, since he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness in Greek, the deadness of Sarah's Metros, her motherly regions, her womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. This is the significance of Genesis 21. God said it, God promised it, God did it. And here's where the Abraham-Jesus connection is. God promised Abraham life out of something that had already died. Abraham's body was about 100 years old. It was good and dead. Sarah's womb uh, was well advanced beyond childbearing's childbearing years. It was already dead. In order for God to fulfill his promise to Abraham, he had to take something dead and make it alive. There's a resurrection logic there that is ultimately fulfilled in God sending his own son to die for sins and be raised from the grave. Does that make sense? It does. You know, it reminds me of a story out of my my own life. Well, it made sense to Paul, whether or not it made sense to Uh, (laughs) y'all. It does make sense. That's it. So a story out of my own life is that uh, I got married in college and I had a daughter born while I was still at Mississippi College. I was a dad uh, while I was still in college. And but because of that, most of my friends, when I got married, were they were still single doing and my my buddies that I'd been with for years and stuff like that. Uh, you know, they weren't married or anything like that. And I remember Andrea I was still telling, I was still climbing trees. That's right. <laughs> inside, inside memory. That's funny. Um, uh, anyway, um, when Andrea told her friends at school and at, uh, in our circles of uh, friendship, so to speak, that we were expecting, all, the girls always had the same response. Oh, oh, that's so sweet. But when my friends who were still young and dumb, uh, and I, I'm not saying that I had become... Uh, older and smart i was just married but i was still young and dumb i was just married at this point i for one was young and dumb that's right so but my friends when they heard like that 
uh, oh man, they're expecting. It was like, my man, yeah, hi. Man, they they took it in a totally different way. Like of just like, yeah, he's he's doing the married thing, doing the married life thing. And here's my point: is that they were laughing about it, and the girls were going, "Oh, there's something that tells me though that no matter how mature or immature you are, if some ninety years old, ninety year olds or hundred year olds conceive a child, there's no wonder that everybody is laughing and." I'm just saying, I cannot believe that this has happened. Well, I, and I, I just, uh, you know, uh, this is our story with Mackenzie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, after uh, we had miscarriage between Judah and Jace, and then mm-hmm. uh, we tried for five and a half years to get mm-hmm. pregnant and could not. And we, that is a terrible emotional roller coaster, lots of ups and downs. Mm-hmm. It's, it is vicious on uh, the, the wife, especially. Um, but uh, we we gave up trying. We started to pursue adoption. Then the pandemic hit. We put pause on that. We were coming out of the pandemic. And Haley said, you know, how, what do you feel? I was like, well, you know, let's pray about it. If, you know, if God leads, we'll go forward. If if not, uh, you know, we'll, we'll just see what God has in store. And it was actually Haley. Haley had wanted a baby so bad. She's like, I don't feel like it's God's will for us right now. And I was like, that's okay. And two weeks later, she walks in, uh, I'm watching TV on a Sunday afternoon and she walks in and throws two pregnancy tests at me. And I'm like, what are these? And she was pregnant. Uh, she was pregnant <laughs> right as we had been praying about it. We just didn't know yet. And Matt, I've never laughed harder in my life. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I, I'm still probably a little young and I'm probably still plenty dumb. Not as much as I was at 20, but man, I, 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 I laughed. And I, I said in that moment, I said, if it's a boy, his name is Isaac. <laughs> That's um, right. Uh, now it's a girl, and her name. She's the most yeah. beautiful girl in the whole world, and her name's McKenzie. Is Isika? No. Her name is McKenzie, and she's beautiful. Uh, but, um, but anyway, there, there's just a lot going on here. This should be an encouraging part of scripture for all of us. Is this long drum roll that has been taking place since? When's the first time we're told about Sarah's barrenness? Is it oh, chapter gosh. 11? It's is in it chapter, the, it's is in, it pre-Genesis 12? It, that's it. It's in the Babel story. And that's what I said. All of this is rooted in those core stories uh, of Genesis 1 through 11. I don't know. Is it listed? Is that she's yeah, there in that, there? That, yeah, that's in Genesis 11, 27 through 30. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's the it first thing. It's the, 11. It's the first and, thing we hear about her. The first, they, they, uh, verse 30, it says now Sarai was barren. She had no child. Like they, they are mm, already laying right. this, the groundwork there. And so this has been this long drum roll and God now delivers on his promise. A- after Abraham, no less, has tried to pawn off his wife twice to conceal his true identity. After all the ups and downs with Hagar and stuff like that. Man, God's just really faithful. Well, you know what else is not quite as faithful, but still pretty faithful? Uh, The Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast, which we try to put an episode out every Tuesday morning. It doesn't always work, but we try. Uh, And hopefully hopefully with uh, with God's help, uh, we can continue to do that. But you, listener, will only hear it if you subscribe. That's the plus mark on Apple Podcasts, the check box on Google Podcasts, the heart, or the thumbs up on Spotify. And not only will you get a notification every Tuesday morning, 
that a new episode is out. You can get it hot off the presses. But also, it tells the algorithm and everyone else around you that this is worthwhile content. And as we learned at the beginning of the episode, that can make all the difference. It's just our podcast appearing alongside other popular ones. So you, listener, can be the difference between someone uh, passing us by or uh, us gaining a new listener. So if you would do that for us, that would be fantastic. But until then, you guys have a great week, and we will be back here next Tuesday. All right. See you next time. Shalom. Excellent, gentlemen. I I don't think I sang in that entire episode. All right. We'll throw it out. Yeah. Let's redo it. (laughs) Let's redo it.